everybody. I'm coming to you today um, with kind of a heavy heart um, with the two recent um, deaths of the black men that were just um, brutally and unjustifiably killed, evidently just because they were black. And, um, you know, I've noticed that the stress level in this country is just going through the roof just actually over the last several years, um, a lot of it is politics. And then uh, COVID-19 came along and the stay at home order and um, the businesses shutting down and things like toilet paper shortages and people being laid off and then things like homeschooling and people working from home while they're trying to homeschool and sometimes on all trying to use the same computer and and, um, you know, with the, the, um, the black man that was killed by the police officer just the other day, the protests and the rioting and the looting, it just seems like the whole nation is agitated, like a washing machine, just agitating back and forth. And I've, I've just kind of noticed over the last several years that just the general nature of the country is, is becoming more agitated, more divisive. And even Christians are becoming more on edge. And um, Christians are, are becoming more, just more opinionated and, and leaving no room for other, others' opinions. And, and just seems like everybody else seems to be wrong except them. And Christians becoming more criti- critical and, becoming derogatory of other people's opinions and uh, the name calling, calling people names and derogatory names and being judgmental and, and Christians becoming just so nasty over politics and just angry and tense and divided and just even becoming hateful and slandering people and spreading lies and, and Christians just, just becoming angry and, all those things I'm talking about Christians and, and I'm just, I'm just so sad about it. And I've seen it among people that I know I've seen it in the news and, and in the entertainment and in media and among leaders, religious leaders and in social media. Um, And uh, I've seen it in Christian social media groups that I'm in to learn about um, and get support on things like the worship ministry or in technology or in social media. And the replies to some people's posts or comments are, are, are sometimes you just wonderfully supportive and, and you learn so much and you get so much encouragement. But there's sometimes, you know, sometimes more than half of the time that comments are uh, so judgmental or coarse or crass or rude. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking. And you think these are Christian people. Uh, things like, you know, um, you know, questions like, well, what do you think about this song? Or how should I do this tech thing or, or this computer problem I'm having? And uh, the replies are just, just downright rude or make you feel like an idiot. Um, and I just think, what? What in the world is going on with Christians? Um, they're not acting like Christ at all. It's just just is um, scary. Um, then yesterday's post um, was put up from the administrators of the 
a page, Church Social Media Managers, their page. And it was regarding posts from Christians and their, um, shall we say, manners and love walk regarding the subject of reopening their churches. And if you don't know about it, I'm sure you've heard, there's just just so much controversy about um, reopening of churches and so much so much just pull and, and, and stress and, and just controversy over it. <clears throat> and uh, this is what the administrators of that uh, Christian Facebook page had to post. <clears throat> um, since we have repeatedly demonstrated that many of us cannot discuss whether to open our churches or not in a polite manner, we are requesting that you do not start such conversations. Please don't post articles showing why you should or should not open. If people ask about what guidelines are being used to open churches, that is okay. Or if someone posts, these, these are the guidelines we use, that's okay. There will be consequences for people who bash what others are doing. You are perfectly free to do um, something else. You can even suggest other things, but when you reply and say you're crazy or that's not Christ-like or anything remotely negative towards that person or church, expect consequences. We love this group. We worked hard to build a group where we loved what we are were doing and loved helping each other. We've grown at a remarkable rate during this pandemic, and not everyone is fully aware of the culture of this group. Please be respectful of others, even when you disagree. Thanks. So this kind of problem is not uncommon at all now. Um, Christians, we have got to remember who we belong to and who we represent. We cannot be ugly and mean-spirited, and we can't um, throw curse words around and uh, post up memes on, on, on social media with ugly pictures of people that we don't like. And um, it's just not Christ-like. Um, we're to walk in love. We're not to be like the world. And um, along with this COVID thing and reopening churches, there's been a lot of slinging back and forth about you know, if you had faith, you would do this or that or the other thing. You know, listen, friends, um, that has been an accusation that's been around for a long, long, long time. And it's usually one person judging another person. And we can never assume to judge another person's faith. Um, that is a very, very slippery slope. I went to a church one time when the pat where the pastor specialized in this, and it was very harmful to everyone. It was so harmful. Um, I found that the person judging other people's faith usually usually needs to look at themselves. Um, let's remember the wisdom of the proverbs in Proverbs sixteen eighteen. It says, "Pride goeth goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall." And if we're saying that somebody else doesn't have uh, enough faith or the right kind of faith, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in a position of pride and saying that we, we know uh, where they are at spiritually. And it's not really a good, 
good position to be in because we don't want to be falling because we're so prideful. And as I'm just speaking from my heart because I want um, I want our Christian witness to outweigh all this ugliness. And as far as the p- political ugliness that's in this country, we can't let the kingdom of the USA become more important than the kingdom of God. We can't lie to ourselves and justify our ugliness by thinking that the ends justify the means uh, in, in uh, our, our political rhetoric that's ugly and nasty. Uh, politicians and governments cannot help our nation change the way the kingdom of God can and the way uh, repentance and prayer can. And a lot of times I think we put too much stock and too much hope in a politician or in a government or in a political party when the way our nation can truly change is if we turn to God and if we become the witnesses that we're supposed to be and we become the Christians that we're supposed to be. And we can't think that um, our constitutional rights as U.S. citizens are more important than our responsibilities to walk in love as imitators of Christ. You know, I hear a lot of Christians saying, this is America. It's my right to do whatever I want to. I can do what I want to do. This is the United States of America. But, you know, as Christians, um, we gave up our right to do whatever we want to do. We're slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Lord and Savior, and we belong to him. We do what he wants us to do. And I want to give you uh, three examples why uh, I'm a U.S. citizen. I can do what I want to do is a really flawed reasoning um, if we're Christians. The first uh, example is Jesus Christ. You know, when he was in heaven, uh, before he came down to the earth, he didn't, uh, we don't have any record of him telling his heavenly father, you know, father, um, I'm not going to go down there because it's, I don't want to be in an earthly body. I'm not going to go down there and be a baby. It's, uh, I have rights and privileges, you know, and I'm just not going to do that. It's my right and privilege not to go down in a human body. You know, I'm up here in heaven and I have an earthly body and I really like it up here. And it's just, I, I just don't feel like it. And, it, you know, I don't have peace with that. You know, we don't hear that from Jesus Christ. He humbled himself. He submitted, submitted himself to the will of the Father. And he did something that was very hard and very uncomfortable and something that um, caused him a lot of pain and sorrow and anguish. And he did it out of love for us. The second example is um, Timothy. Uh, Timothy was going to go on a missionary journey with Paul, and he was going to be ministering in places where Jews were. And Timothy was Greek, and he was never circumcised. And to minister effectively to the Jewish uh, people that they were going to be around, uh, he needed to be circumcised, because if he wasn't, that was going to be a stumbling block, and it would be offensive uh, to be talking to the Jewish people without being circumcised. And uh, Timothy could have said, you know, Jesus Christ didn't say I needed to be circumcised. Um, I'm in the new covenant. I don't need to be circumcised. Um, you know, there's no value in circumcision. The circumcision isn't going to save me. Um, he could have gone on and on and on about his right and his privilege not to be circumcised because the blood of Jesus saved him from all his sins and, you know, on and on. 
but he submitted to Paul's authority. He um, did what was in love. He valued the souls of the people they were going to be ministering to more than his own rights and privileges. And he did something that was very difficult, um, you know, um, for a man, a grown man to be circumcised is not an easy thing. And um, he did something that was very difficult. Um, he didn't insert, assert his own rights and privileges, but submitted to the authority of Paul, his leader, his spiritual leader, for the sake of ministering the gospel. And the third one is in 1 Corinthians, the eighth, uh, that Timothy was in Acts 16. And the third one is in 1 Corinthians 8. Uh, Paul is talking about eating meat sacrificed to idols. And he's just discussing that um, some people have problems with it, some people don't. But in whatever your situation you're in, you need to respect the people you're around and you need to walk in love and, and, and be considerate and not consider your own rights and privileges and what you believe and what your faith allows you to do. But think about the people that are around you and how you can minister to them the most and not be a stumbling block to them. And so I just encourage you to look at those three examples when you think about your own rights and privileges in the United States and think more about your responsibilities under the covenant of love that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. At Summit, we have a ladies ministry called a higher standard. And the Lord gave us that name um, to call women to live a higher standard in thought, word, and action. And I just encourage you as women and men uh, to just um, think about your thoughts, your words, and your actions, and that they would be a higher standard than the world is. Um, if you gauge your thoughts, words, and actions according to the media, whether it be on the news, the entertainment news, or uh, uh, the social media, your standards are going to go right through the floor. But if you judge your thoughts, words, and actions according to the Bible and you uh, try to elevate them toward that, they'll just they'll be more pleasing to the Lord. Um, you know, mostly I'm talking about love today and our love walk. So I'm just going to read a scripture to you that's that's really important. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4, verse 7. Is uh, says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Isn't that awesome? That's what I want to aspire to, that I would live that out in my life. And the Bible says that God is love, so I'm going to read this a little bit differently. I'm going to just insert Jesus's name wherever it says love. Jesus Christ is patient and kind. Jesus Christ is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Jesus Christ does not demand his own way. Jesus Christ is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. Jesus Christ does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever, whenever the truth wins out. Jesus Christ never gives up, never loses faith. Jesus Christ is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. 
And you know, the Bible says that I'm supposed to be an imitator of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to insert the word I in there, and I encourage you to do the same thing. So I'm going to read it again, because I need to get this through my thick skull. I am patient and kind. I am not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I do not demand my own way. I am not irritable, and I keep no record of being wronged. I do not rejoice about injustice, but I rejoice whenever the truth wins out. I never give up. I never lose faith. I am always hopeful, and I endure through every circumstance. And then in Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, be, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. And then Galatians 5, 19. And earlier on, I talked to you about um, just things that have been stirring up in people, you know, just stress and anger and tension and, and, and just uh, insults flying. Um, this scripture talks about two different sides of the coin, whether we're walking according to the flesh or walking according to the spirit. Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, here we go, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition. That's what we talked about. I'm an American. I can do whatever I want to do. Dissension, division, do we see that in our political arena? Very divisive. That's a, that's a um, act of the flesh. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like that. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And we can see if we're walking according to the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. 
So I just encourage you, if you're feeding yourself with a lot of divisive, hateful media, and that can come in the form of, of the news media or social media or, or just, you know, if you're feeding yourself, you might agree with it. But if it's stirring you up and it's always one-sided and if it's calling people names and, and posting pictures of people that are, are, uh, are ugly, you know, that's just, that's just not right. And that's not something that Jesus would do. Just shut it off. Just shut it off. And get the heart of God. You know, God doesn't want us to be stirred up in hate toward people. And start sharing. Instead of doing that, instead of feeding yourself, feeding yourself division and hate all the time, start sharing the love of God and take a break from all that. And uh, Or if it's a pandemic that's just stirring you up and the way it's being dealt with or things you disagree with or things that, that are scaring you. Just just shut it off and, and start thinking about the love of God and ways that you can share the love of God and about the joy you have in your heart because of what God's done for you. Just feed it. Feed yourself on that. Meditate on these scriptures that you shared, that I shared today. And, and just concentrate on producing good fruit for the eternal kingdom of God instead of just worrying about the United States and, and what's going on in the United States. Think about the kingdom of God because, you know, in 50 years, 100 years, you know, you're going to be in heaven. The kingdom of the United States isn't going to matter to you anymore, but what you did for eternity will matter. Um, and I just encourage you to put on kindness, put on compassion, and put on understanding. And the next time you want to give someone a sharp answer or an abrupt answer or speak out in anger, just uh, think about what God would have you do. And think about what Jesus would do. And I just encourage you in that. So I hope to see you on Sunday. I hope this word encouraged you. And I hope you uh, walk in love. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.